0: Live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. The first time I was told I had skin cancer, I was living in South Korea, teaching English to kindergartners. And it wasn't a surprise. You know how you hear sometimes people say, They religiously wore sunscreen. They never went out tanning. They live in Alaska. It wasn't that. I knew because I had been burning and searing that cancer into my flesh since I was 11 years old. My mother always wanted that Indian baby. My father was what they call FBI full-blooded Indian. My mom was white, not as white as me, but she was white. And when I was a child, as children do, on the playground, people would ask, what are you? And I would say, I'm half white, I'm half Cherokee. And a lot of the times I would hear, so am I. My grandfather was Cherokee, and my aunt that i never met was a cherokee princess (laughs) and i would say okay i remember going with my dad to radio shack when i was 11. my mom had put something on hold and we went together the clerk must have been about 17 years old and my dad was explaining to him my wife put something on hold we're here to get it And the clerk looked at me, looked at both of us, with so much disgust and just said, is that your wife? I mean, I know I looked 18 when I was 11. I was trying to look 18. (laughs) But that was the first time that it really clicked. I mean, I grew up knowing my dad was Cherokee and kind of, as much as any of us can, knowing what I look like. But that was the first time I realized that either I wasn't Cherokee or he wasn't white. Either way, we didn't look like we were family. At the same time, right before my 12th birthday, my mom got one of those at-home tanning beds. And this is old school, 1991, where you just have the one bed that you put over a couch or something and you tan one side, then you flip over and tan the other. It was a serious commitment. And I don't remember if I asked if I could do it or if she encouraged it, but either way, I started tanning every single day when I was 11 years old. It was 30 minutes one side, 30 minutes the other, and then an hour one side, an hour the other. I remember sometimes, if I was really lucky, I would get to use her expensive tanning oil to accelerate it. So when I woke up in winter in South Korea, I just knew that I had skin cancer. And by some miracle, I got an afternoon off work, which you don't do in South Korea, and went to a dermatologist's office, which you also really don't do unless you have acne or need that single mole removed and I was taken into the doctor's office, and he said, okay, where is it? There were two. There was one on my groin and one on my chest. And my entire life, doctors have always been more than human. They were the only people where I wouldn't feel judged as a person or seen as a woman. I wouldn't have to suck in my stomach or stand a certain way. So I said, all right, and I started unbutting my shirt. He said, no, stop, stop. And he went around to what felt like a dozen windows and closed every shade, which struck me as very odd because we were on the top story of a skyscraper. There was no way anybody could see in. When he's done, he starts walking towards me in what now is a very dark and dimly lit room. And he doesn't want to look at me, but obviously he's trying to see what he thinks about it. And I realize, I don't know this for a fact, that I am probably the first seemingly white woman he has ever touched. At this particular dermatologist's office, they want to keep scarring to a minimum. So instead of taking a tiny piece of biopsy, They take a big chunk, about one square inch, in the hopes that if it's cancerous, they'll get it all with that one operation. And they test the edges and make sure it's clear. In this freezing OR, which is ridiculously fun, because one is on my groin, they tell me, we're just gonna use lidocaine, we don't do anything else unless we put you under. I had no idea what that meant, but I said, okay. Which is just a topical ointment that's supposed to numb the area somewhat. And they said, oh, and we use a laser. And as they are burning a full square inch of flesh off of me, I'm trying to think, how would I describe this pain? Oh, it feels like a fucking laser is searing through my flesh. That's what it feels like. And they tell me, all right, we'll know the results, we'll know if it's cancerous and if we got it all in about a week. That was a long week. And during that time, I somehow find what has to be the only tanning salon in all of South Korea. It's by the US Army base. It's right across the street from KFC. I was the only person in there because in Korea, you don't want to be tan. And you certainly don't want to encourage more moles. But I went there one last time and it was exceptionally comforting and warm. And what I knew was my last time to be beautiful, even though obviously one session isn't gonna do anything. I had tanned every day of my life since I was 11 to college and I couldn't afford it anymore. And by then it had been a few years, but the damage was done. I got the call a couple days later. Yes, it was cancer, and yes, they got it all. They did try to give me some advice on how to better the results of the scarring. That was about eight years ago And in that time, I've gotten used to and established a pretty good schedule. Getting biopsies every six months. Um, The doctors here now kind of do the same thing. They take a big chunk and sometimes it's cancer, sometimes it's not. I stopped counting around between 20 and 30 positive melanoma spots. I am absolutely covered in scars, um, but my stomach got the lion's share. And now, eight years later, I married the other kind of Indian from Mumbai. And as we talk about what's next, and we talk about children, and we've decided to adopt from India, I think about how I will talk to my child because just like in South Korea and India, fair is beautiful. And even it's woven throughout the fabric of the culture so much that with arranged marriages or online dating with the bio data, you often list your complexion and the best is fair next is Wheedish, and the worst thing you can be is Dusky. So I know, odds are, any adopted child is going to be Dusky because they are the least desirable children. And I know that growing up within the family, within the culture in India, they will be told directly and indirectly that you are less than, and you are not beautiful because of your skin color. And I try to think of what I will say and how I will lead that conversation and all I can come up with is to lift my shirt and show them my stomach and say, this is what I did to myself trying to be what everybody else told me was supposed to be beautiful.